Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, Jail Design, we explore the intersection between real estate and how spaces can be designed to rehabilitate and promote wellness. Today's guest is Aaron Persky, a justice facility planner at Aaron Persky and Associates. Aaron holds a bachelor's degree in psychology and social behavior, summa cum laude, and a master's degree in political science, both from the University of California, Irvine. And she also holds a master's degree in architecture, magna cum laude, from the New School of Architecture and Design. Erin is also the host of From the Inside, a podcast where she discusses architecture's impact on criminal justice reform. Erin, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Erin. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a facility planner specializing in justice in civic facilities. I live in San Diego, California, which typically is beautiful, but we are in the middle of a heat wave right now, so I'm feeling pretty miserable. Uh, I'm originally from New Jersey, so I have the the Northeast has a very special place in my heart, and uh, that's about it. Erin, you have a unique background, grounded in both mental health and construction planning. How has that helped you craft smarter solutions for jail design? Well, I originally wanted to be a clinical forensic psychologist, and I spent a lot of time when I was in college working in jails and in the community with individuals who were actively on probation or had violated probation and were resentenced. And in particular, when I was working in the jails, I was finding that these individuals were not getting the help they need while they were in the facility. And through a whole big odyssey of uh, switching, career paths and ending up in architecture, I was finding that this mental health background was really going to help inform how I go about planning facilities, not just so that they house people, but so that they help people. Now, the jail in particular is incredibly, incredibly, is inextricably linked to the rest of the community. And I think that that's a miss. I think that a lot of people don't understand that. And that's a misinterpretation of the system. Well, if I can interrupt for one second, first of all, kudos that you were that you were willing to pivot to find something else you wanted to do that was more important in your life or that you realized that you needed. And that takes a lot of courage and congratulations for for making that pivot and, and combining those two backgrounds. But for our listeners, just before we get into what is clearly, as Alex likes to say, uh, an unpacking of rehabilitation and how we can improve that. Can you describe for our listeners what is the difference between a jail and a prison and why that's important to what you're doing? Yes, absolutely. It's a question that more people um, should be asking and we should really know about. Now, a jail is a facility that takes pre-trial, that holds pre-trial individuals and individuals on very short sentences, so maybe up to a year. And typically, these are nonviolent offenses. In larger jurisdictions or more uh, densely populated jurisdictions, you may see slightly longer sentences in county jails, maybe up to two years. Uh, But typically it is very short sentences and the vast majority are pre-trial 
or waiting to be transported to a more permanent facility, such as a prison. The prison is for long-term sentences, typically more serious or more violent offenses. But as we've all seen in the debates about mass incarceration, particularly on the prison side, there are a lot of people in prison with nonviolent offenses. But to simplify it, jails are pre-trial and very short, non-serious sentences. Prisons are long-term facilities, typically more serious offenses. And so for the urban dweller, you're more likely to come across a jail than you are a prison. Prison are more out of the way locations. Jails like, for example, in Manhattan, Rikers Island are really the facilities that are closer to the community or that the community will have more interaction with on a regular basis, correct? Yes, typically that is the case. There are exceptions, but yes, that is a simple way to think about it. So I have a question about that, right? So of course, your area is about rehabilitation and with an emphasis on design and architecture. What is the importance of rehabilitation in a jail versus that of a prison? That's a complicated question, but it's a it's a great it's a great question and it actually does have physical design implications. So when we're talking about a jail, we're talking about much shorter what's called average lengths of stay. And so you'll see a lot of, of repeat offenders. Um, you'll see people who are you know, arrested multiple times in a day sometimes. <laughs> you'll see people who are in facilities for a few days to a few weeks to a few months, and then they're, they're released. And so when we're talking about rehabilitation on the jail side where it's much shorter, it's typically helping individuals to detox from active drug or other substance, excuse me, detox from drug or other substance use. We're seeing uh, maybe acute mental health episodes. And so they're working, the mental health practitioners are working to stabilize individuals. So it might be by getting them on a short course of medication or having, or getting them back onto medication that they might not be taking. Um, but they're all more sort of stopgap measures to kind of help get them stabilized. In a prison, you might see something that's a little bit more, that's a little bit more of a progression. So you might have much more longer term therapy that helps really get deep into, you know, an individual's past, typically uh, their trauma and and more longer term plans to getting them to a place where they can face the world in a way that they didn't before they, they were incarcerated. I have actually a guest on my podcast from the inside who was in prison for 24 years for attempted murder. And during his 24 years, he went through a process through a program called the inside circle he was in a therapy group with other incarcerated individuals where they would work through both themselves and with facilitators through what got them into the situation that led them to become incarcerated and how, when they were released, could they have a better impact on the community to help people avoid the path that they went down? So that's really interesting. Um, one of the things that I really want to unpack here is the differences between the design and the discussion, right? I know that there's programs, in, as you mentioned, in, in prisons where you have classes and courses and all that kinds of good stuff. 
Um, but in jails, you may not have that. And it relies upon perhaps lighter touch in terms of people teaching you or teaching um, inmates. Is that, is that is it inmates a word or is it the incarcerated? Can we say inmates or no? Sure. So inmates is is kind of the traditional word, but one thing that we are trying to do, even those of us on the on the building side of things, are really just trying to deinstitutionalize the words that we use. And inmate is such an institutionalized word that it kind of links people to their humanity to that institutionality. And so I like to use the term incarcerated individuals or when we're talking about pretrial or recent arrestees, detainees. I I'm you can say whatever okay, well, you like. <laughs> okay. Well, I usually refer to my married friends as the incarcerated. So I'll try to figure out. <laughs> um, so back to my question. Just around, the happy ones. <laughs> uh, just back to my question about, about the reliance upon the design um, for, for jails and for prisons. Right. So I want to think that what you're saying and what you're, what your business is, is the design of a jail can get people potentially off the streets a lot faster than maybe a better design jail versus not a, a good design jail. Is that kind of the, the area you're in? That's what you're solving for? Please explain that. So to oversimplify it yet again, architecture can be broken down <laughs> into three parts. You have pre-design, design, and construction. Again, very much an oversimplification. The architects are, are cringing right now. But I tend to work mostly in pre-design. So that's planning and programming and setting the criteria for designers and builders to come in and, and build the facility. And when you're on the planning side, like I am, it's, it is the most closely linked to the intersection of operations and building. And so when I am speaking to clients, I ask them, what are your goals for the services that you want to provide? What, what do you want to see the outcomes be for these different populations that you're housing, many of which are very vulnerable? You have a much higher percentage of, of females now in your facility who have different needs from men. So let's talk about what we can do on the physical design side to help support what your operational goals might be for these individuals. An example would be, uh, I worked in one jurisdiction where they really didn't have vocational programming available to female incarcerated individuals. And so in order to participate in a vocational program, they had to be physically escorted through the male side of the facility and and they would have to use one of their vocational training rooms and that's just not that's just not the way to do it 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 shows i can see how that could be very unsafe for one thing well right i mean that's that's number zero right that's unsafe but it also shows them that they weren't considered in in the building process and so what we what we planned for at, was a, additional um, vocational space. So these were rooms that had elect, uh, extra electric electrical access to lay down space outside, so that they could um, you know build and learn how to build um, 
these are like construction vocational programs that has the potential of the building isn't built yet. So I have, I have a question on that, right? So I've never been in a, in a prison or a jail. Uh, not, not, not officially. Not, yeah, not, not officially. Yeah. But, you know, I, every t- not, not under his current name. No. Yeah, right. right. But like, every time I see a movie about, you know, where someone's going to jail, they're always carrying their clothes or their towel and they're walking down this long hallway. And then everyone in the jail is like yelling and heckling at him like, oh, yeah. and then and then there's this long walk to their cell or something. And I, I, I'm assuming that that long walk that you do um, is, is meant to intimidate you. I mean, there's all kinds of things that I feel like were designed for a reason. And I'm not entirely sure and or am I convinced that they were all designed um, to rehabilitate uh, and, 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 and get people used to or comfortable with going back into, into society. And I feel like there's a, there's a, there's a solution um, there. And is that something that you're focusing on? And what side of this are you, what side of, rehabilitation are you on? Are you on the side of making the prison, getting people in jail comfortable for prisons or getting people in jail to actually go back into society? Getting people in jail is comfortable with going back to society. (laughs) You know, I'd really, I'd really like to see people going out the front door. Well, you brought up a very interesting point, which is the intersection between operations and the physical plant. That, I thought that was such a good uh, analogy of where you are in the in in the solution process. Um, when you have a jail that is existing, as most ex- jails are, you know, they all exist. Or the new ones can be built with uh, with with all your smart solutions in mind. But most of the jails out there are jails, physical plant that have been around forever and don't perhaps have the facilities to help mentally disturbed, to help mental, uh, to help uh, uh, addiction uh, to narcotics. Um, what are the logistics around actually changing what these jails look like? I mean, if they're in the middle of cities or or it's old plant or, or there's there's money issues, how, how do you solve that? Yeah, you bring up another complicated issue that um, that takes months to iron out with uh, with clients once we're once we're contracted and on board. These are really complicated questions, and I appreciate them a lot because what I hope that people see today is just that these are very complicated questions with very complicated answers. The answer isn't build more and the answer isn't stop building. When we have, say, a downtown detention center and they find that they don't have enough space to provide mental health or medical services, which is the vast majority of the projects that we're doing, the vast majority of the projects that we're doing now are expanding mental health and medical services and fixing existing housing units to better um, to better serve those populations because they are way way unfortunately too populate too much of the population of the jail and so we you know so we have a downtown detention center on an itty bitty site it's been built up all around it and we quite literally don't have space to build to build you know more medical mental health services well there are a few options we it doesn't have to happen in the jail and this is something that i think more people should pay attention to there are more and more uh, uh, 
centers called deflection centers or diversion centers or intake centers where individuals undergoing a mental health crisis can go or be brought be brought to by police or by um, mental health response teams, mobile response teams, and they can get the services they need without ever touching the justice system. And when we have individuals who are undergoing distress and they're someone calls the police on them because they're experiencing some sort of acute crisis and are acting like a public nuisance, jail isn't the place for them. They're not committing a crime. And so we, we've been trying to help our clients to expand their, their thinking and their policies into considering these types of centers as an alternative to the jail. Before we continue with the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good. Through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work towards goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom Weight users finish the program, and more than 60% of users that engage with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash believe. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M, dot com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. When you say mental health, I think about what's happening today in our society, right? Uh, People have been locked down literally uh, in COVID under quarantine, and there has been a lot of mental health issues. And in some ways, you know, they're basically in their own own prisons. I wouldn't say it's like house arrest, but it's kind of like house arrest. And if you're given the option to um, be in your own home or be in a prison, I would imagine um, well, everyone would, would opt to stay in their in their homes, but our homes aren't necessarily designed for us to sit in them every day for a week, for a month, for a year, et cetera. Are there things that we should be considering about our own home design that will perhaps improve our mental health over time as we find ourselves at home more than ever before? During the pandemic, I got a lot of um, text message or comments and conversations with people. I feel like I understand what you do a little better because I've been quarantined for so long. I feel so stuck. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, good, good. We all have the opportunity to have built some empathy, except maybe some of the Hollywood celebrities that are, you know, oh, I'm quarantined in my, you know, my luxurious home. Uh, I think getting out of the house is important. <laughs> Taking walks, um, being part of your community. One thing that became a real blessing during quarantine, and I was living in an 875 square foot house, which is infinitely bigger than a jail cell. 
but I was starting to go crazy. And so was my husband and taking walks every day was really great. Well, well how, out of curiosity, how big is an average jail cell? 70 square feet, maybe 80. So you'll often see seven by 10. Sometimes you'll see eight by 10. And that's for one person? Two people sometimes. So according to the code, a single cell and a double cell can be the same size. So you'll see 10 by seven and, you, and you'll see that bunked. If it's two single bunks, you'll see maybe 105 square feet, maybe a little more. But then that changes with uh, Americans with Disabilities Act requirements and whatnot. So if you see two single bunks, it might be a little bigger. And sometimes they just have to make them bigger to accommodate the turning radius of a wheelchair. So there are a lot of um, qualifications under that 70 square feet. So I bring up taking a walk and getting out of the house because there are operational policies within the jail that I that I think sometimes can be more of a detriment um, to um, to the mental health of individuals who are incarcerated. And so there's this concept of unit management, and um, it works better in jails, and it's not as much of a thing in prisons. But that basically means that. The individual who is on a housing unit receives as many services that could be therapy, medical treatment, um, you know, classes, things like that, meals as possible in their housing unit so they don't leave. And it has all of these great staffing implications because there's less escort, there's less staffing demand um, in general for security purposes, and everything is brought to them. Now, on the flip side, having been quarantined for a while and getting a lot of things delivered, I, when I started going back to the grocery store, I was really excited to go to a central place to carry out activities of daily living. And, and so I think it's very important, and it's something that I consider when I'm doing planning of these facilities, that to the extent that unit management is great, we have to give people the opportunity to change their environment sometimes. Yeah, well, you know, look, I mean, I think that there's a lot to be said for changing your environment, but it's also a lot to be said for where your environment is, right? And I think okay. when you look at, uh, I read an article in about Japanese seniors, so women primarily who were seniors who were living by themselves were lonely and committing small petty crimes in order for them to be put into jails so they can be part of a community. So sure. in a way, is that a new app? Is that a, is that a new dating app? <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally, literally. I mean, it's, it makes sense. I mean, they live by themselves, don't see anyone on a day to day basis, and then being in the jail has more of a community aspect than actually being free, right? So I, I guess it's all relative, right? And depending mm -hmm. on how you look at it and who you're designing for culturally, where you are. You know, does a New York jail look or should it look different than a jail in Mississippi? <laughs> or, right. Or, you know, or, 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 you know, Alaska someplace. Or, yeah, right. No, more, exactly. more, more windows and call, more double windows in Alaska anyway. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, more outdoor space in Alaska. There we, we got it. And uh, Aaron, um, what kind of buy-in have you been getting as uh, as communities uh, appreciate the issue that you're trying to solve more and more as we're trying to to to, to rehabilitate in a better way, in a more successful way, successful way for 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 the incarcerated that unfortunately get into a problem? Um, 
what, what kind of a buy-in are you getting now from the government, from the communities? What kind of support are you getting? Community buy-in? What's that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it has been hard. And this is partially why I started the podcast that I started. And it's why I think it's really important that those of us who do this for a living get that message out there. Uh, when I say, and I've said this before, and we all say it, we want to we, we want to plan ourselves out of a job. I would love in a few years to not have to build these facilities anymore because they're not needed, but that's not the world we live in. And what I want, if what I want to tell the community is that these are not jail expansions for the sake of expansions. These are not just throwing a bunch of new beds into a facility and Going back to a question that Alex asked a few minutes ago, um, if we're looking at, you know, are jails getting bigger or are they getting smaller? Kind of both. What we're seeing is a ratio change. And so instead of a whole lot of housing and not a whole lot of services, what we're seeing is some housing and a whole lot of services. And so on balance, there's just much more available in terms of services and amenities to the individuals who will be housed than, than there were before. Okay. So I have to jump in here on that front, right? right? To me, having more amenities uh, in a jail is seems to be counterintuitive, right? I mean, I, I live in a, you know, where I used to live in a four story walk up uh, in Manhattan. I mean, talk about no amenities. I mean, this was, this was, I was living in, you know, and most people when they graduate college don't live in a nice place. And so when you think about making jails, a nicer place to reside, I kind of, I kind of feel like, man, you know, so. Yeah. How comfortable is it supposed to be? Right. Right. Shouldn't, shouldn't, you not want to go to jail? I mean, is the whole point to not, as a deterrent, to not commit the crime so you don't want to live in a Holiday Inn, basically? And so the, making the jails nicer would, in fact, make people you know, perhaps want to commit crimes and or stay there longer. I mean, you tell me, what what is what is the balance between great design and great rehabilitation and actually um, deterrence and fear and discomfort, which is kind of what what the point is of jail, right? It is. And I think that when I say amenities, I'm not speaking about a full service hotel. <laughs> full gym. Service hotel. <laughs> Concierge. Right. Uh, I'm upset because yeah, my personal eat. trainer is late. <laughs> but I right. the peas and the potatoes. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I demand more. No, you know, by amenities, we're talking about very, very simple things. We're talking about things like a respite room so that so that people who are sitting there listening to unpredictable noise all day because they're on a mental health unit with other people who are screaming or going through an acute episode can go somewhere quiet and be alone for a few minutes. That's cool. Uh, it's called isolation, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, right. No, but this is I think a, it's called it's solitary a, confinement. <laughs> are we still using that? Oh, no. Go, I'm going to take a trip down to Mississippi. Where, where are you going to stay? Oh, well, I'll find a place. <laughs> no, this it's not it's not isolation. It's it's different. It's um it's a place that it's a you know we, we they have the very then? different kinds. It might be like a night. <laughs> uh all right, different example. Well, well um, I would love to 
I would love to see a jail cell with a with a bidet in it. That would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's well, you know, you know, we, we're joking, but these, but the, but the underlying point is a very good point, which is where's the where's the line? You as a designer have to have a clear understanding, I imagine, of the line between what's necessary to help the rehabilitation and what's comfortable and should be a hard time spent in the jail, right? Right. By amenities, I don't mean swimming pools and, and warm towels outside of the shower, right? I mean things like uh, additional multi-purpose rooms so that, you know, these, so that different individuals can have access to different types of programming opportunities. And by programming opportunities, I mean things like group therapy or, uh, you know, um, continuing education classes or... Um, more access to natural light because there are more, uh, you know, there are more windows or, um, you know, quiet flush toilets so that you're not hearing 16 or 32 toilets flush all day, every day. And so, uh, you know, these are, these are very basic um, uh, quote unquote amenities, but, but there are things that weren't considered before, you know, you, you, you said you've never been to jail before, wink, wink, but, uh, you know, um, you, you know, walking through, walking through detention centers as I tour them, you know, and when, when we do projects, all you hear is screaming, toilets flushing and doors slamming. And so how can we improve these, these different physical environment features to help the mental health of people. I used to live in a condo where um, our unit was close to the entry gate. And my husband and I both had nervous breakdowns because the, the quiet clothes broke off the gate. And all we heard day and night was slam, slam, slam. And, you know, that's in my cute little condo outside of downtown San Diego. Imagine being in a facility that's already oppressive. You're already separated from your family and loved ones, some of which can't visit you because they may also have records and can't enter the facility for visitation. You're, you're scared. You don't know what's happening. You have a court date coming up. You're stressed. And then everyone is screaming and the doors are slamming every five seconds. I mean, that, that's not even, I mean, that's not humane, regardless of whether you committed a crime or not. And right. You know, part of the the nuance of what we're trying to design are some of even these very little features that can make a huge difference. Yeah, that's that's really makes a lot of sense. As a matter of fact, yesterday I was watching the movie The Rock, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> research <laughs> for the podcast uh, is Alcatraz considered a jail or a prison, or was it considered a jail or a prison? Alcatraz was a prison. Got it. Okay, so none of this. None of this, none of what we're talking about applies. But I think what you're saying uh, makes perfect sense, right? You, you, there are the little things that can make a big difference and a big, a big impact, not only on the uh, on the physical uh, aspect of the jail, but also the inmates. Uh, and then it could also change outcomes um, for rehabilitation and make people reintegrate more health, more comfortably, and more mentally stable than they were when they went in, I guess. That's the point. Um, so what is the future in so many words that we should expect to see from not only your work, but the work in your industry and of your colleagues? Speaking from the jail side, the future is the jail 
the detention center, being a part of a healthy community. Jails are not separate from the rest of the community. And a lot of people who end up incarcerated are individuals who at one point receive services from other agencies who depend on community services to thrive. And what we want to see is the jail as part of that. The jail does not have to be a lock them up and throw away the key. And in fact, the, a jail that becomes that is a bad thing. And that is what we are working to change. Well, listen, Aaron, I have to say uh, this industry that you and others like you have taken the time and the effort and because of the concern to create, I think is a tremendous improvement. I think uh, the changes you're making can only improve the out outcome of rehabilitation, uh, the improving lives of people who have mental issues or who have uh, dependency issues. Uh, because like you say, society in general, and Alex quotes this a lot, but society in general uh, really should be measured by how they treat the, the lowest of the low, the people in the most trouble. Uh, you are exactly in the sweet spot of doing, of doing that and of trying to make positive change to that effort. And, and we commend you. Thanks. So thank you. And I hope that, uh, that your work continues to be very productive and, uh, and continues to get much more buy-in everywhere in the country. Yeah, thank you very much, Aaron. Really appreciate that. This is this is important work. Thank you. Thank you for helping to get the word spread. You've been listening to The Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.